0: done this before how do we how do we do today oh this is always our check-in every two weeks see how we did on time yeah so no we're 701 good. 701 that's we're actually doing, pretty good that's pretty good i say it pretty good we're still late still get fired technically but but it works it works <laughs> if you're not five minutes early you're late yeah all right let me see <clears throat> all right it works oh what am i doing Oh, Bro, this is on the, the first time. <laughs> <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, This is, hold on, just because I have it on the, uh, on, the, on the... Oh, YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. What is up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to The Modern Macho. This is your host, Juan Carlos, and I'm here with my boy, Santi. What's up, everyone? We are two gentlemen documenting our journey. We're embracing the dudes that we are in order to become better men for ourselves and our village. We're tired of the dick measuring contest. We're tired of fitting the mold, and we're tired of pretending to be somebody that we're not. After each episode, we hope that we're able to plant a seed, get you to start a conversation with your circle, challenge your thinking, motivate you to focus on growth, and hopefully bring awareness to the twisted programming that we've been brought up with believing. At the very least, hopefully, letting you all know that you're not alone. Before we get started, today we have uh, another guest, another therapist that's going to join us, which I'm really excited to talk about. As you guys know, more conversation, talking about, uh, we'll be talking about machismo, uh, some masculine, feminine energies, and going into vulnerability. So, um, stay tuned for that before we get into it. As you know, bro, I'd like to check in with you. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Um, doing uh, – yeah, no, I, I feel like this week
1: has been good so far. Um, so <clears throat> one of the things that – I mean, Carlos has been doing it. I've been doing it for a few months now. Uh, and I, I'm sharing this to whoever the fuck's listening. If you want to join in, yes. be my guest. Essentially, it's – um, you know how people do like sober – sober months and shit like that so i i listened to bill burr bill burr's podcast he's a comedian and he does this thing where like the first 10 days of every month he's sober essentially and so um i feel like it's really difficult for me to commit like it needs to be the first 10 fucking days you know uh because sometimes you know i got a party that weekend or whatever and so i told myself all right they kind of using that same sentiment what i should do is at least one weekend a month I'm not going to drink because it's really the weekends when I'm like wanting to drink. The weekends that kind of fuck me over, mm. um, and then uh, Monday through Monday through Thursday are no drinking days, essentially, right? And so I feel like I've been really good. Um, I'm. I mean, these next few weeks are going to be interesting because I'm going to Vegas this weekend, and it's for work, and so I'm hell of excited for it, but i probably won't be able to stick to it. Cause I'm going to be there till Wednesday
0: and I don't know. That oh, I'm yeah. To yeah. you know? Oh yeah. We're chalked.
1: <laughs> it's Vegas, you know, but I'm going to come back. You know, I think part of it too, is like, I am allowing myself to follow the rules or not. Like right now, bro, this is my first drink in a minute. Sure, and, sure. and it's like, fuck it, dude. Like, you know, it's Wednesday, but I have to allow myself, you know what I mean? I think that's part of making sure that I'm free, that I also make, wise choices for myself you know so right, right there's that right. and then uh i actually had a, a job interview today um so we'll see how that goes you know it, it's, a, it's a step up type of job so the interview i'm glad i was at least able to roll with the punches and feel like i was effective to some degree um yeah. like i i was able to hang you know so i think all in all man i, I feel like i'm i'm feeling uh i'm feeling victorious
0: mm, about yourself that? man i'm good bro i'm good um it was a hell of a week last week was a hell of a week man it was uh, i think i mentioned a little bit of a career shift uh potentially leaving where i was at and just a lot of stress man i i will say i'm very proud of myself i'm proud of myself for the way that i handled it um that i didn't make any like impulse decisions um and that i also took the time to to look at all the information that was in front of me to do my research to make a conscious decision with what i was gonna, gonna do and also i think through that process um really talking myself through it i think that was something that i noticed this time around that was very different dude where i, I i've been so out of tune with myself which sounds so so weird right because i've been i feel like i've just been so used to just like fuck it bro make shit happen let's do it let's go whatever right and so um it's been really weird these last couple of weeks to actually sit down and be like okay my guy what's going on right or like start feeling anxiety and it's like okay what are we telling ourselves? Your body's freaking the fuck out. Why is it freaking? Oh, it's freaking out because we're scared of this. And like, it's been very different for me to do that. But I feel like I've really been embracing that. Um, And so I feel like even though last week was tough, it it was um, like intentional, right? Like when I go into the gym where it's like, you can have things that are tough because you got hurt, right? And you got injured. And then there's this hurt of like, I fucking did some reps today. And I'm hurt, but like I'm sore because I was right. practicing it. And so I feel like it was a hell of a week, but it's 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 I'm just sore. I'm mentally mm. sore from the workouts that I did last week. Um and and it's paid off, man. Like I said, I'm glad that I took my time with it. Um things worked out. I ended up not leaving. I ended up not leaving, but I I know that I did a lot of uncomfortable things that I wouldn't normally before. I stood up for myself um for what I feel like I'm worth. And I was able to present that and speak up and Big big things for me. And so um yeah, other than that, just adjusting to the apartment, you know, getting it back into this group to the content to uh sharing more information with our audience to coming up with more topics. You know, the book club, which has been incredible, has been amazing, man. Those group of guys are are every single one of them is 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 a champion, dude. I learned so much from them, and it's so dope to read the book and think you had a moment to reflect, and then you go in there with the group and it's like, what the fuck? I didn't pick up on half of this stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, no, the book club has, has been dope. Um, I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't able to be there the other day, but yeah, every time I go, I feel like it's, it's enlightening. And even when there's disagreements, you know, it's, yeah, I feel like it's been really cool that we've been able to navigate that like big boys, you know what I mean? And it, it's not like it doesn't become a fucking pissing contest, you know, let's talk it out, you know? And so, Shout out to, shout out to all the boys out there. I'm excited to get into the next book, uh, Atomic Habits.
0: Atomic Habits. Funny
1: enough, I've seen a video from this dude, uh, whatever the name of the author is, they, they they showed, yeah, something like that. They showed a video of like this, essentially him breaking down. Like the, the book summarized it like in like a 10 minute video.
0: Okay. It was pretty
1: dope. It was, was pretty dope. Um, one of my coworkers, she was like, of course you're reading it it's such a bro book. (laughs) I'm like, I, I, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> come at me. But,
0: yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. Any gentleman that is listening that wants to join us, uh, reach out. Reach out. Send us a DM. We'll send you the links. So you can sign up. And uh, this upcoming Monday, it'll be what? April? What is it? It'll be the, 14th, uh, the 17th. April 17th. Uh, we'll get started. So if you listen to this on the podcast, we had just started the Monday before this. If you listen to us live, it'll be this upcoming Monday. Um, but yeah, join us, join the conversation. it'll be every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time. We usually go on for about an hour, hour and a half. Um, and just do a little recap. So this week we're just gonna kind of go over the book, uh, what we're gonna be expecting, um, kind of what we're looking forward to with it, and then we'll get into the reading So you guys can join us there and on the Discord, we'll have all that information up for you guys. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Let's get into the juice today. Um, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Cynthia Flores. Um, She is a licensed marriage family therapist uh, from the San Francisco Bay Area, and she's an empowerment coach and a speaker. Um, She is a bicultural first-gen Mexican-American and proud daughter of immigrants. At her core, she's a curious humanist, a truth seeker, and unapologetic about helping other first-gen Latinx and BIPOC folk break generational cycles and patterns that are holding them back from reclaiming their power, their truth, and their story. She loves guiding others to embark in their healing journey and manifest their wildest dreams. Uh, When we asked her about her philosophy, she said, my philosophy as a therapist is that I am human first and a therapist second. I believe in the healing power of the therapeutic relationship and in mirroring back to clients what is really within them. Therapy is one form of healing out of many others. Yet therapy is supportive of people ready to embark in their healing journey, which is lifelong. My approach is in holistic and integrative. Is it eclectic? Eclectic?
1: I don't
0: know, bro. I'm gonna I'm go with eclectic, and then she she's she's behind she's behind the <laughs> scenes right now. She'll correct me. And, the and, and, and spiritual, my therapy philosophy includes supporting folks in developing self awareness, self compassion, radical self love, and taking radical action that aligns with folks' highest selves and their purpose. And before I bring her, one thing that I want to actually point out: all these biographies that I've been reading. I do not write this. Sant doesn't write this. They write this about themselves, which to me, I have so much love for because I find it uncomfortable sometimes and weird to give myself flowers and what it is that the things that I do. And so when I see um, individuals that are that are like embracing their gifts and talking about them, I have so much love and respect for that. And I it reminds me to do that and to normalize that for myself. And so to anyone that's listening, be your own fucking hype man and hype woman i haven't even thought
1: of that that's deep
0: i love it without further ado cynthia flores welcome
2: thank you i love that intro thank you of course and of course i wrote it but But it's
1: true i never even thought about
0: that you didn't have to do that right you could have just said i'm just i'm just me and i do therapy i'm a therapist
2: exactly and you know what it's also something that as as i also go through my own healing journey and i tap into these different intersectional identities i'm i'm learning how to introduce myself and how to yeah be my own hype woman like empower myself right cuz i didn't come this far to 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 not hype myself up pretty much mm. right? in, in life in my career in the in in my purpose because ultimately I do gen. I do see this work as my purpose, like really supporting and guiding others in their journey and love themselves unapologetically and like show up authentically. Like that's like my 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 why, right? Why I I chose this and yeah, it, it's it's definitely something interesting to hear from from others, but also knowing that I wrote it.
0: <laughs> right, right.
2: Uh, but I. I'm embracing it, anyways. I'm embracing it. So, thanks for naming that. I
0: love that. that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, and 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 I appreciate you sharing that because you're right. I mean, I I didn't even think about the fact that it's not easy for us to do, right? Like, as far as I know, you've been doing that from day, since day one, right? And so, I'm glad that that was able to make you feel seen. Um So, diving right into the conversation, um, you know, we, we've we've talked a little bit about machismo, right? and I think machismo has a Tendency of having a direct connection with just Mexican culture, right? Mm-hmm. Where machismo really—I mean, it's 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 a hyper hyper masculine pride, right? It's this this mm-hmm. strong and aggressive masculine pride is is what it would be defined as if you look look it up, which really has nothing to do directly with being Mexican or anything like that. It's just masculine pride. Um, so I wanted to first start off by asking you, what has been your experience with machismo?
2: Um, I mean, I think that in in my own personal experience, um, I'm Mexican-American, so I know that and I've seen it throughout my family system and even generationally, like how it has impacted my life personally, but also the life of my loved ones, not only men, but machismo also impacts women and I think, and children and everyone in the family system, not only in the family system, but Mm -hmm. even culturally in our society. And of course we see it in our Latinx culture or our culture and it's very common, but I think it's it's everywhere, right? It's Mm -hmm. everywhere. And as you mentioned um, for me, how it has impacted me. I mean, I see, first of all, I want it for myself. I want to really Define what machismo is. Um, yeah. I do believe that it's yeah. a it's a it's a trauma response in a way to this over exaggerated um, like gender norms of how you know this programming and conditioned of how uh, men should be, how women should be, how children should be in this in this hierarchy in the family system and oftentimes it shows up in in many ways in family dynamics i know me also having experience doing family therapy um and even working with individual adults uh the way that i've seen it show up in many ways it has been um like power dynamics right where there's usually um people like really showing up a lot of the sense of entitlement or privileges uh, or, or the sense of superiority over, you know, and I, I'll, I'll talk about men and women because that's like usually the, the binary, but I'm sure it shows up in many other different ways. Sure. Um, it, you know, this sense of control, right? The sense of um, control and sexism right Uh, and the impacts of sexism that, that has created over you know this a sense of inequality either in in the workforce but even in the family system um also violence right um when we talk about sexism or machismo there's also uh almost like a denial that violence does exist right there's either physical emotional verbal violence that happens um and a sense of dominance right um I think about also femicides how that also the machismo has led to to this innate sense of either superiority or hate over women or this sense of entitlement that 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 we see nowadays right um I mean and i can i can keep going on on how i've seen it in my work in my Mm. line of work working with people people who have experienced trauma and are recovering through uh, traumatic experiences Um, but i've also seen it more around um the emotional repression that happens and Mm. i I see it a lot for instance with men right um how uh, oftentimes men repress Their emotions repress their reality, and they have a sense of disconnection with themselves. And that is in itself a trauma response, Um, right? So this is how I've seen um, machismo sort of show up. And also I wanted to name that, for instance, for women, I think that in our culture, we also women reinforce machismo in so many ways. How? Mm-hmm. By following these like very strict and gender, strict gender norms and these um, uh, belief systems, right? Because they're not only showing up externally, but it also show up in our thoughts, in our beliefs, right? Uh, in the way that we behave, the way that we think that we need to show up um, either in our family or and just like in general, uh, I think about a lot of comments around like, um, you know, like women need to be doing certain things and men to be need to be followed these other strict gender norms. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like women oftentimes reinforce this sense of, you know, you can't be doing certain things because, you know, this is not conducive. It's not going to help you and your family. And it's mm-hmm. going to be seen as, you know, negative right so these are some of the things that have come up in in my line of work i would say and that what i see in general in in the society in in culture in social media even so yeah that's how i would describe machismo and how i've seen it kind of show up in in many different this is very layered i would say
1: yeah yeah
2: your thoughts are
1: um no yeah i i think um that point at the end too how like even women can reinforce these things because i think sometimes guys will hear masculinity sexism whatever and they even the patriarchy right or what like i think it's all synonymous to a certain degree and i think people get very defensive like oh not me not me no no way you know and it's like well even if it's in subtle ways, right? Because I think sometimes, like, you know, some of the, like, femicide, that's an extreme, you know? Mm -hmm. I I would, you know, I think most people would put themselves in, like, well, I I don't subscribe to femicide. Mm -hmm. However, I will subscribe to talking shit on, uh, you know, women who work, like, let's say, like, uh, only, girls who are on OnlyFans, and then talk shit on them, just call them bitches, hoes, sluts, whatever, right? And totally just put this, like, like dehumanize them, essentially, yeah. and then be the ones yeah. to be on there, like, you know, doing what they do, right? And so yeah. there is a lot of that, like, very give and take, a lot of that dissonance within folks mm-hmm. that I think can be really difficult to name out um, in in certain settings and just how, how that, and even women, how they reinforce that. One of my coworkers the other day, I was talking, speaking with her, and, uh, you know, she was telling me about like this little romance she was having and she's like, Santiago, let me tell you something. I know this is wrong for me to say, but what I look for in a man is I want them to fill those gender roles. Like I want to feel protected. I want to feel X, Y, and Z. And you know, those things by themselves are not bad, but when you're putting mm-hmm. these expectations, like, yo, you got to be that tough guy. You got to be that guy. Who's going to use aggression in order to ensure whatever. Right. And I think that piece right there, it, it, it's it's a recipe for, for I think self-destruction for for a lot of folks. It's like men particularly, and then the, uh, the collateral damage that that kind of creates for folks, right? So, yeah, there's definitely a, a lot there, and it's just very yeah. pervasive in our everyday language and how we go about things.
2: You're right, and uh, when it comes to these things, are our- are very pervasive and subtle and almost like unconscious. (laughs) It's like the unconscious programming, they're so programmed in our psyche, in our culture, in our society, in social media, that people don't sit down and like stop and question. Like, why am I making derogatory comments about women? Why, like, even if I'm attracted to this, right and her even like sexualizing a woman why am i still in like talking negatively about women like calling them slaps bitches whatever you know while like and there's as you mentioned a lot of incongruence with that and Mm -hmm. oftentimes that comes with not having a sense of self-awareness right not having a sense of uh, you know, in th- this ingrained and programmed belief systems about how women should be, how men should be, and you know this ingrained machismo, and that's also this this ingrained machismo that is so subconscious, and oftentimes there's no awareness around how it plays off in how people think.
0: Right, right, right. Two two things two things came up for me. So Cynthia, yesterday um first time never done it 30 years old is the first time that i ever cooked rice like on See. a pan for myself right <laughs> and so but what, what was crazy about that is is i reflected and was thinking about just how interesting to your point that just five years ago you know six years ago that was at like the forefront of what i was looking for in a partner mm-hmm. right like man if she can't cook like what I gotta have a woman that can cook right and now and Santi brings up a good point which is I'm not saying I won't appreciate someone that's good in the kitchen right just Mm -hmm. like I'm trying to learn but it's I feel like it's different because there's like parts of me that you know as a provider of course I want to work hard I want to be able to know that if things are falling apart that I can't handle it for my family yeah however it's not an expectation anymore you know Mm -hmm. um they like it's something that because I, I also think like that's part of my identity. And I think that was my issue, too, is like it was conflicting because I'm like, I want to fight these stigmas. I want to break these cycles. Well, how do you do it? Well, get rid of everything that you've known growing up. And it's like, fuck, that's so challenging, <laughs> right? Like to just yeah. get rid of my identity as a whole. And so I think really polishing it up instead to where I could mm-hmm. say, hey, no, I can appreciate those things. However, th- I'm not looking for a partner that is that just knows how to cook right and and mm-hmm. even even to validate real quick too the other thing that popped up was you're talking about all these dudes you know bitches and hoes and all that towards women that are doing the OnlyFans stuff and 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 i want to i want to validate the the feelings of that and because i think that what i've been learning and i and i maybe this will shed some light to other men is you know i've been brought up and i've been told that in order for me to be loved i need to make money I need to be successful. I need to have a career. Right. Mm -hmm. And then women essentially have figured out a way to become successful out of our creepiness is what has happened. And now we're upset about it. And I really and I won't say we I'll say I I was Mm -hmm. upset about it because I've been told I should do something. And so now. I find I've found it easier to be upset At the privilege that that maybe a woman might have for 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 being able to sell pictures of her feet, whatever it might be, right? Which at the end of the day, who cares? It's not that I shouldn't be upset. What I was really upset about was at the fact that I've been told to do this and I was lied to, Mm. right? And so in a way, not validating that it's okay to be disrespectful like that, that it's okay to be degrading to women. However, just redirecting that, right? Where now I know like, nah, man. I need to talk to my brothers i need to talk to the gentlemen and be like yo guys like if we weren't buying these things if we weren't feeding into this it wouldn't be a successful market and i also want to be clear about something else too i'm not saying that i don't want women to be successful or i'm saying mm-hmm. no y'all shouldn't we want we need to boycott this so they don't make money no it's yeah. it's but it's redirecting it but to your point when it's all that we know we kind of just go with it right yeah. and and again the rice thing yesterday was an eye opener because i'm like here i am just making rice cooking which is just <laughs> just what i need to survive as a human being however um and it kind of ties into what you mentioned with the women too because my grandma and my mom um and this is what i wanted to ask you uh they, they like they spoiled me they would do it all for me and what i wanted to ask you cynthia is do you have any brothers and if so did you notice the differences growing up in the way you guys were brought up a hundred
2: percent i noticed the difference and you know, my oldest brothers. I, I'm the youngest. Uh, okay. Older brothers, and then two two older sisters. Um, and we're not very far apart, but I definitely did notice the favoritism, right? The um, that codependency, the emotional mm. codependency, a lot. Um, and almost like the overprotection uh, of men. And while, you know, my brothers were a lot older, my sisters and I, I remember my parents used to work a lot. So they were hard at home. Uh, my sisters and I kind of had to to figure it all out. Cook oh, for wow. ourselves, cook for ourselves, take ourselves to, the sc- to school, um, take care of each other pretty much. And of course, I think like there were a lot of, I think, I do want to acknowledge that that happens a lot in Latinx families. Like there's a lot of, and that's this ingrained internalized machismo, right? And I don't want to name machismo as it's like this like evil thing. I think yeah. that at the end of the day, we've all been affected by it. We're all influenced by by that, those program beliefs. It's just a matter of like acknowledging it and figuring out like creating, like, really shifting, like, your your narrative around how you want to live. Shifting your narrative, shifting, you know, is this serving me in any way? Is this impacting my relationship with myself, my relationship with my partner, my relationship with my children, like, my relationship with my family? And if so, how can I change it so that way I can show up? you know, as myself. And even though if I don't know who I am, I'll figure it out along the way. So I think like, that's also something that I wanted to make. But going back a little bit to my story, I saw that and it was really hard. And, you know, I'm not, I think that there's also this grief process that I've had to kind of go through and, and still to this day kind of experience, right? Like, there was a lot of, Yeah, emotional neglect and challenges that I kind of had, even physical, because my parents were always working, and at that time, my parents were so focused on work to provide for us, and my brothers were teenagers when I was probably like six, seven years old. They were going through their own developmental stages, their own challenges, right, of engaging and, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd, like finding a sense of belonging with the wrong crowd, getting into drugs, like getting into gangs. Like that was very problematic for our family because Mm -hmm. that also even put way more attention into into them and left us struggling in a sense, (laughs) like figuring it out on our own. And yeah, I noticed those patterns and, you know, even as adults, there was still that sense of like overprotection for my brothers. And and there was a point where I was like, I, I'm not going to internalize this as, you know, I had to go through my own process of like, does my, do my parents even care? Do my parents even like worry and think about us? Or because my brothers are out here like protected still as adults. And there's a lot of codependency, I think a lot, especially with, with mothers and sons, I don't know, I don't know what it is about that dynamic, but uh, it, 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 I saw that a lot and it was quite challenging navigating it personally. But I've been able to heal a lot through that, um, mm. dynamic, and I've seen this, these dynamics over and over and over repeat themselves with my clients, um, yeah.
1: So when you see it in your clients, like what what does that conversation start to look like? Like what what are some themes that you start to see in terms of maybe some of those responses? I mean, because I, I mean, is it something you bring up, like that you kind of like like bring up, or is it something that they like your clients tend to be like, oh no, yeah, like these are machismo traits, or do you kind of have to spell it out for them? And what does that look like?
2: Well i think with women or you know self-identified woman i think like we kind of get it <laughs> and there's like a lot of things that collectively we understand that sometimes we don't name but we still name because they're important because it has significantly impacted their lives and the way that they showed up in their family dynamics and the way that they showed up in relationships in the way that they've been impacted right in relationships but I think, particularly with men, uh, I find that it's uh, I I direct these conversations more in a curious way instead of saying, "Well, like this is machismo," <laughs> like you know,
0: yeah. it's
2: more of like understand, like being more empathic and understanding of what it, what comes up for them when they experience that certain things like favoritism when they experience being the eldest child and having to like take care of everyone's needs and being feeling like this like internalized sense of responsibility to provide right and and what does that look like for them and how do they feel and how do they want to uh honor their family their needs and and their feelings while also being able to to embrace what aligns with them right it's like finding a balance so i feel like when it comes to conversations around machismo it's not about calling out it's really about calling in. it's like Mm. how Mm. and then and then also a lot of like self accountability and self-reflection and introspection like how have they benefited in some way with with um these beliefs, how does does this align with who they are? Does this align where they want to go and who they want to be? So it's a lot of just coming in more of a understanding that machismo is honestly, it's a trauma response. Me being a trauma therapist, I know that it impacts everyone. But with men, I see that there's a lot of emotional repression. So it's like really helping them understand that vulnerability is part of this journey and process of healing. And it's understanding that vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength, right? So it's really processing and exploring what this omni is within.
0: I want to take a second to say thank you. And I want to say thank you because you mentioned it at the beginning and you mentioned it two or three times now, which is machismo being a trauma response. And I felt something when you said that. And I don't think you realize that there's a lot of safety in hearing that in a sense of knowing, talking, having these conversations for me, I think Santi can agree, it's difficult, right? Especially the more that I've dug in and acknowledged that I've used my privilege in very bad ways, right? And so to have to admit that, to have to bring that to the table um is tough, right? It's yeah. it's difficult. There's there's obviously a lot of accountability, but there's also unfortunately a lot of shame that gets tied with that. Um and and I think the second you brought up trauma response, it was I love that you're challenging this that we're kind of trying to bridge this gap between like, you know what, as men, we're acknowledging we're kind of responsible for this, you know, and then even for you to say, right. And and, and like you said, whoever identifies, right. But at a very simple binary way of thinking, just as women, our women have been responsible for it too. Right. To mm-hmm. me, um, I feel like this is such a power powerful conversation for me, because it really brings us closer to realizing like, yo, I know as men, we are looked at as the problem, but at the end of the day, It's not whose fault is it it's let's all work together because we've all kind of been products of this and let's start to break it down, you know, because because I think you said something important too, which is, I think a lot of us have just accepted it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think any of us have actually put in the actual effort to uphold any of these beliefs. Right. Yeah. It's not like it's not like Santi and I were in this mission and we're like, bro, we need to learn about machismo and let's figure out what it is so we can fight to protect it. And it's like, no, we've just been products of it. We didn't even know that what we were doing was a part of this.
2: Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's true. And I guess you know I was listening to a podcast. Uh, it's called the The Man Enough. I don't know if you. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, with yeah, Justin Baldoni. So so it had. Um, Gabor Maté, so he's a uh, he does a lot of trauma work, and he was okay. talking about that, you know, pretty much externalizing the problem around patriarchy and, and 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 recognizing that as we're all impacted, men are also impacted in a in a way that it, it's not about men are the problem. It's the society and the culture that we live in is the problem and is problematic in so many ways. And I think that that is important to externalize because when we want to have these important conversations around machismo, the patriarchy, and the impacts that it has in our lives, literally on a daily basis, but when we come into this conversation around like, No, but like men are like this, men are like that, and like women are like this. It's like nobody's gonna learn. It's just gonna be defense mode all the way, and it's gonna be conversations that are not gonna get anywhere, right? Yeah. So it's it's really about like this dance of trying to have more understanding and empathy uh, when we're having these conversations and being curious instead of just pointing fingers because. Let me tell you, I mean, I, my, my husband, he's Brazilian. So he does come from like this very traditional like background. Mm. And I, these are things that I am, we're still working on communicating around power differentials and power dynamics,
0: because yeah. the,
2: the power dynamics, like me, I'm a strong, independent woman and I know what I want, I, I, I communicate and I communicate my needs. And so does he. but then sometimes there's this kind of challenge around, like, power dynamics. And it's like, but you want to be right, and you want to be right. And it's like, it's not about that. It's like we all have our own truth and our own experiences, and, like, let's validate our experiences and figure out how we want to move forward yeah. uh, with these conversations. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting when it comes to – power
0: dynamics in
1: relationships and in these like ingrained qualities that we Yep. Yeah. That re- that reminds me of a, a I know I've said the story before. Um and it's just like just how like casual these things can come up. But like a few years ago Denise and I were talking, you know, marriage talk. And um I don't know how the, <laughs> the conversation came up, but it was essentially about like you know, like whether she wants to keep her last name or not and things like that, right? Because I think even that, right, something that's so, so normal, like, oh, yeah, you're going to take my last name? Yeah. You know, that is a power trip, right? That and that goes back to, like, old political days of, like, whose land is this? Guess yeah. what, babe? It's my land now, you know? It used to be <laughs> your family. That was mine, you know? Like, that's straight up, like, yeah. stealing wealth right there. Yeah. Anyways, so, um, and so we were just talking and and, uh, and she had mentioned, oh, yeah, I might want to keep my last name. Da, 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 da. Yo, and, and I said something really fucked up, and I didn't realize it at the time. No. I, I said, I was like, well, you know, like I feel like unless you get your PhD, you should take my name, no? And, Brother. And, dude, she was just like, excuse like, excuse me? Like, I do not need to get my PhD to want to keep my last name. Like, this is not about how how, um, like, um, like the PhD does not give my last name more worth than it already has essentially. Right. Absolutely. And I didn't get it. Like I, in my mind, it's like, but no, you should take my fucking last name. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's that simple, right. Where that mis uh, misunderstanding is, is just so casual.
0: Mm, right it's yeah. just so
1: normal I like, not that it's normalized that i should you know like um, devalue her last name right but more so just that conversation of like when people get married that's the norm right
0: no but i i appreciate that you share that dude because yeah. like you said we don't talk about that we don't talk about how yeah. it's normal to talk i mean we could we could take this conversation and we won't, but we could take this a whole nother way with like homophobia and yeah. mm-hmm. be like, Oh dude, if you wear a pink shirt, you're gay. And I've joked about mm-hmm. this with you, bro. Right. Where we, we, you know, I'm thinking like with dudes and it's like, do y'all get a craving to put some in your mouth when you put a pink shirt on? And it's like, we laugh when we get all uncomfortable, but I'm like, no, no, no. I know that that sounds weird, but that's literally what, what we're saying. I know that's not what mm-hmm. we mean because we've like, to your point, we've just, we just fucking say it out of habit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at the same time, like you're saying, it's like, it's silly because, oh, it's so silly. But at the same time, it's so serious. That it's so powerful and so mm-hmm. dangerous and harmful at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. And dude, I think it, it comes back to also these uh, beliefs around, like, masculinity, right? And what, what is it that, what is masculinity and how how can also men be, embrace vulnerability without uh, feeling like they're weak without thinking or believing I would say that they're weak or that or believing that Mm -hmm. that is just completely yeah like just having all these different narratives around being vulnerable is not good it's not healthy it's just gonna make people something that I've heard is like if I show my vulnerability women are going to not respect me. Right. Mm. And and it's a big one that I see and I hear a lot. And I and that's something that's a conversation that I've had with my husband. And I'm like, uh okay, well, how do I support, how do I become curious without not trying to be his therapist, but like, what does it mean for him to be wonderful? What does it mean for for him to like lose respect right and um and i think it starts the conversations should also start with understanding what is vulnerability right mm. vulnerability is not it's not like whining complaining about how you feel all the time and it's like you know it, all of these things it, it's not about um like over sharing and, and like being sad or depressed or, you know, it's not about connecting in that way is vulnerability allows us to connect. And I would, I would talk about men because it's in the work that I've done with men is I've really supported them in understanding that vulnerability is more around trying to connect with who they are, right? It's the emotional intelligence that allows them to understand their inner world, their emotions. And being able to uh, express them in a way that they feel comfortable and confident and um, in a way that they feel like they're able to show a sense of security, right? Because it's not, yeah, I think like that's, that's one of the things that I've really explored in, with my, with my <clears throat> clients, but I don't know what your thoughts are.
0: The, the, what pops up for me in, is is like, and I, I thank you for bringing clarity to that because what pops up for me is I felt like vulnerability was crying, right? Like if I want to be vulnerable, I need to cry or I need to be sad, right? Or I need to, um, like I need to know what I'm feeling. And I think like mm-hmm. if I'm listening correctly, it's there's this vulnerability of essentially just really being honest with yourself. Right. Like knowing how to set even boundaries. Right. Because you're right. Like I'm also I've also learned that it, it takes practice. Being vulnerable mm-hmm. takes practice. And, and sometimes I've been vulnerable in spaces where I wasn't heard or where my my feelings weren't honored or they weren't respected or they weren't validated. Um, and I know that because I never pr- I didn't know that vulnerability took practice and I also had never done it before. It was almost like I went to the gym for the first time and I came out complaining that I was in buff. And it was mm-hmm. like, dog, you literally did this one time and now you expect it to all of a sudden go your way. And I would for sure was guilty of that where it was like, I'm supposed to tell son how I feel. And then I come to son. I'm like, yo, this is how I feel. And then, he, you know, maybe he does validate it, but he doesn't necessarily what I thought in my eyes was to give me what I wanted. Right. Yeah. And so now I'm like, yeah see this this is what I thought like this isn't that this isn't the solution it's not about being vulnerable so yeah. I also had to learn that is like the more I practiced it the more I was able to understand like mm, everyone everyone has their own journey some some yeah. people won't listen and this is where I have to not take those things personally yeah. right and no and and I can I can tell the difference now and I'm grateful for that but it's taken me a long time to get there too because at the beginning I didn't know the difference if anything yeah. I think my problem Cynthia was I was way too vulnerable like i was just like expressing myself with no boundaries everywhere and anywhere because i was so eager like my codependency was just telling me like somebody just listen anyone everyone i'm willing to do whatever as long as somebody listens and Mm. tells me something nice you know
2: you know what you brought up a big point and a lot of these skills and uh i think it's a skill because it's about practicing it's not something that kind of like boundaries boundaries is practicing on a daily basis to understand first of all what we need and second of all being able to communicate them in a way that aligns with us and is assertive but when it comes to vulnerability I would say that it definitely it's relational because it's not like you're gonna be vulnerable with a random person or Mm. with a person that you don't know like you also have to feel a sense of emotional safety or a sense of safety that you can express how you feel and that you can set a boundary with someone that you're connected with. So it, a lot of this work is relational, right? And it's like finding finding also uh, people that you can be yourself, that you can show, show up in, in a way that's vulnerable in the way that allows you to connect with them emotionally Without feeling like you're going to be gaslighted or like you're going to be like turned down or, you know, of course, you can't really like tell or control how other people respond. But as you mentioned, a big part of vulnerability is like knowing what you're, knowing what you want, what you need, how you're feeling, and being able to express those boundaries, meaning, what is it that you need? from either that conversation, if you're just needing to be heard, if you're needing advice, if you're needing some reassurance, if you're needing uh, a, something to change, then you can communicate that, right? So like making, um, having vulnerability be also intentional, right, that you're not just gonna be like like exp- like being sad or being vulnerable with just anyone, that like you're gonna be intentional in order for you to connect, because vulnerability
0: leads to a connection. Yeah, you day? know, and it and it's so crazy because we're all seeking the connection too, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, even ahead, men sorry. who
1: are who are having like those issues. Because I was about to say, like, I feel like all of those things are so true, right? There's not that like immediate satisfaction. So what's easier than all that? Fucking just go to the bar, have a few fucking That's drinks. Exactly. And then yeah. a few drinks in where do you what are most fucking people doing they're seeking connection they're seeking mm-hmm. to like that outlet that sense of all the things that you just mentioned essentially but without the boundaries without the healthy aspect of it that is truly sustainable as you move forward right yeah. and so um, so no yeah that, that that's what was popping in my mind because like it's intimidating to hear all that I think. I think yeah. it's intimidating to hear, yeah. like, damn, I need to do all of that just to handle my... M- fuck that, dude. Like, you know what? I'll subscribe to thinking that's that's the fucking lame way out, too. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And, and well, you know... Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: And, you know, the vulnerability is something that ultimately needs to connection. And when we don't seek that, we either going to go and cope differently with substances, yeah. with going on the bar, with sex, you know, whatever, you know, doing, getting involved in like these old patterns that you're trying to break, that people are trying to break. So it's really about understanding that vulnerability ultimately leads to being understood, wanting to be seen, wanting to be validated, reassured. And that's what we, we all want. But it's also understanding self boundaries. It's like, you're not going to go with a random ass stranger or a person that you already know this person's not going to validate or it's not in the right state of mind, or it's not going to be supported. You're going to go with someone who, you know, it's also about taking the risk a little bit. It's like no, the, no, no, no. taking the risk that not everyone is going to validate you. Not everyone is going to understand you because they're not walking on your same shoes, but that, you can also part of this vulnerability is to also be real and honest with yourself. I love that and validate yourself because, at the end of the day, I know that we all try to see connection with others, which is great, and yet, what about your connection with yourself?
1: Most so. definitely, yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I was that. not it is- marketing that by the way, I, I, I was just <laughs> putting it out there because I know that's yeah. what a lot of people you know uh choose
0: you know yeah. yeah and you know it's it's crazy how much clarity you're bringing to me with that right the vulnerability leads to connection um because mm-hmm. again like and i always like to use the gym references just because i feel like it makes the most sense in my eyes and especially when it's men having conversation i think it's like what we were exposed to whether we're whether we're actively yeah. at the gym or not but it's like this is the kind of stuff that we're always exposed to and like I guess I think of it in this way: of, of we're all trying to figure out how to get strong, how to get muscle, you know, and 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 we have all this information that's that's always pointing towards vulnerability, right? And it's like, dude, we've told you where the gym's at, we've told you the the, the working hours, we've sent you workouts, we've sent you everything. It's like that, it's there, right? And and the, the way you put that perfectly: vulnerability leads to connection. It's like shit. I'm even thinking about the fact that I I know I have moments where. I miss that. I crave that connection. I think about my past partners, my past partner, and I'm like, fuck, man, and going through therapy. And it's like, well, of course you do. You miss connection. You miss what you had because you were able to be vulnerable and to be yourself, Um, which is wild because I still struggle with making the connections between the two, realizing that it's going to take that risk in order to have that, Um, especially when I don't think we've ever been taught how to do that. And it's kind of the world hasn't told us that it's okay for us to do, you know? Um, and it's also very difficult when our experiences, um, my experience, I'll speak for myself. My experiences have, have told me otherwise, but I also had to learn that it's not fair to me that based off of one, two, 10, 50, even 50 bad experiences that I could have had with partners. I owe it to myself,
2: Mm,
0: you know, to, to grow, to be in a better place. Um, I wanted to share this just real quick. Um, Talk about like having these conversations with people that it's like it becomes normal, right? And it's all they know. And so Saturday, let's uh, go do our taxes. So my dad starts having a conversation with the, the tax lady, right? And so he's probably going to hate me for this. So my dad, somehow he's like joking around. He's making jokes, having a conversation with her. I get I get the extrovertedness from my dad. And he says, you know, the thing about women is that you'll ask them where they want to eat and they never know, right? And then... You'll tell them here. And they're like, oh, whatever. But then you decide to go somewhere else. They're like, I don't want to go there. And he's like, and all women. And I understood what he was saying, right? So then I very politely, like, I laughed. And I told my dad, I was like, hey. it's like, but is that, do you think that that's all women? Or do you think maybe just, maybe the ones that you know, right? Because I also wanted to validate what he was saying, right? Because I knew what he was trying to say. So I was like, hey, like, there's like 8 billion people in this world. Like, you really think it's all of them? And he's like, no, yeah, maybe it's just the one that the ones that I've that I've dealt with, right? So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Like my dad brought some awareness to my dad there. So then my my younger brother goes, what did he say? He said, hey, so, but what about, what about us as men, right? Like men are chill, and my dad's like, oh yeah, men are super chill. Like we all have it together. And my brother goes, ¿Pues deberías novio? And my dad just was like. What? But like <laughs> even even with humor it was like a moment to kind of bring awareness to like dad you're not wrong what you're saying is valid but let's yeah. really think about what we're saying here right?
2: Yeah.
0: And I think that there's ways you said earlier there's ways i think to do that with empathy with love mm-hmm. and fuck it even if it's humor but there's ways to plant yeah. those seeds right? Exactly.
2: And i think that that's where a lot of maybe these conversations and i've seen social media like there's a lot of stuff out there that i've seen mainly that if they focus on like what men are doing what men are 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 doing and and not doing but not focused on how do we bridge right?
0: mm, <laughs> this, i'm this, big on yeah.
2: that yeah and the thing is like i mean yeah a lot of people watch these videos and i'm like all oh, right yeah that's true that's true like people comment and, and people are okay with, with that. But like, I think where we need to start is being able to check in with ourselves and like ask ourselves, like, what am I reinforcing with these beliefs? Like, what, what are these beliefs that I held on around machismo, around how men, women should be around, how I should show up in my life and my relationships as you know my, a provider as someone who needs to take care of the house and the children like how do i redefine these in a way that i'm also give myself permission to show up in my wholeness right my wholeness of like all of these expressions of my emotions of who i am or my authenticity and how do i like also shed these maybe beliefs um internalized beliefs limiting beliefs roles that are not serving me in any way that maybe they did some somehow but now they're no longer so like being able to ask ourselves these questions I think like that's and those are like uh, like uh, like you said like I know it's not it's not easy to come up with these questions but at least that's here, us like start asking start. Asking yourself, I would say. Or even why yeah. not,
0: right? Like, why am I, like, why do I not question these things? Why exactly. have I decided to just accept this stuff? Right?
2: Exactly. Because somehow people benefit it in some ways, right? And yeah, there's that lot is such of a, a great comfortability. point. There's a lot of comfortability. There's a lot of complacency. There's a lot of staying in the status quo, following what's out there, because people are also afraid to not fit in. not belong to not you know and not oftentimes you know it's kind of a um you know when you're embarking your healing journey you're having to question yourself these things and and it can be kind of like a solitary like isolating experience Mm -hmm. but at the end of the tunnel there's always you find so many other people who are doing that inner work you know who are questioning who are defying these standards who are you know, just, like, feeling more fulfilled and more, like, connected to themselves and even spiritually connected to a higher power that helps them, that guides them, right? So, I think, like, there is light at the end of the tunnel, but it's just a matter of, like, asking yourself, like, why am I, What what is, what is all this? But why am I not questioning myself? Like, how can I be a better man a better woman a better human being um, for myself for my family for my children right for this society
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so
2: all of these questions i would say to start start there
0: i love that i love that and and even what comes up for me and i think of when i first started questioning these things is there is no right or wrong answer to it you know because i think When I first started thinking about my feelings, it was like, okay, cool. I know I'm feeling this, but I'm not going to say it until I figure out how to solve it or Mm -hmm. until I figure out what I'm going to do with it. Right. And then it's like, I never end up saying anything. And that's been a big difference too, where it was like my anxiety, right. To be like, okay, I won't tell Sant that I have anxiety. Let me figure out why, let me figure out how it's happening. Let me figure out how I can solve it. And then I'll tell him about my experience with it. If I figure it out, whereas Mm -hmm. to, I think, you know, and granted I have my village. I don't, necessarily do with everyone, but now understanding that sometimes it's just like, hey bro, I have a lot of anxiety right now. Right. And just starting there and just like I'm just this is literally what I'm feeling or this is what I'm thinking. Um and that's that. It doesn't have to be solved. It doesn't have to be um you know processed necessarily to the point of of, of having to have the answers to it just yet. You know?
2: Exactly. Yeah. I and mean, you're right. We don't have to have the answers. We don't have to know it all. We don't have to um know the process or the journey is just like being as you mentioned being present and that's also vulnerability that's also being present being honest with yourself being accountable with yourself because I think like part of this process of as I mentioned like redefining masculinity redefining uh, vulnerability is being able to have self accountability right? mm. that, that regardless of whatever is happening that you can hold yourself accountable and part of that
1: self-accountability is is self-honesty like on, like being honest with yourself in those moments and I think and I think like beyond the self-honesty I think we're, I think the hardest part with self-accountability is like having that integrity but I mean you know no one saw that no one would have this or that whatever but I also think like there's that sense of buy-in which I think is the mm-hmm. hardest part is, like, buying in to, like, the ideas that we're talking about. Like, you know, because I think to some, like, you know, they're going to listen to it, like, every everything that we just mentioned. And they might think bullshit, right? Like, yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, I strongly disagree. I would ask them to reconsider. I would ask them to, you know, what are you so afraid of? Like, try it out, you know? Uh, but at the end of the day, like, it, it, I think that, is also important to kind of start yeah. that journey because that self-accountability piece I, and even accountability, right, with with having your village and trusting mm-hmm. that your village, if they're going to check you, it's not to have one up on you, which is not the custom. It's not the, the tradition amongst men. We one up each other just yeah. to have yeah. one up on the yeah. other person. Yeah. And so like so many things that are not to the way we're used to, well, you know, it's I think a big theme that I've been seeing is the practice of, yeah. Uh, yeah. of all of they, these things, right?
2: The integration, right? Yeah. The integration. Mm. Yeah, and that's a big part of it, and that's something that I, I also tell my clients, like, I see you on a weekly basis, one time, so maybe 50 minutes, but, like, we're doing the work here, but also it's how, how badly do you want this? How how badly do you want to change and these patterns are not what you're doing now is not helping you yeah something's gotta change so that's the buy-in as well that's the that's the self accountability right um it's it's that and it's also being able to to be like really aligned like aligning with your own values with what is it that's important for you (laughs) um but values values are a big part of it and those are always important to mention like is this something that is important for me is this something that is not important for me how can i you know focus on what is and and going from there like focusing on integrity focusing on your own personal values right um i i'd say go with that. That's also the buy okay. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: definitely.
2: and if things are not changing, as I mentioned, because a lot of these things and patterns and beliefs do significantly impact your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others and how you show up. So it's gonna come out somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: So it's about how badly you want it. What are your values? Accountability is is this what you want to do? Is this if not? Like, if you're not sure, then that's there's not going to be. It's about giving it a try, right? Giving, giving that leap of faith as well.
0: Yeah. Right. And, and you bring up a great point, which, which is also taking a second through all this to think about, right? Like, who comes up when you think about who modeled boundaries for us, who modeled vulnerability for us, who modeled what it's like to apologize? Because, Santi, you bring up a good point too, which is like the self-sabotaging aspect of holding ourselves accountable, right? Where it's like, okay, cool. I do feel bad for what I did, Cynthia. So now I'm just going to tell myself I'm a piece of shit and I'm worthless. And it's like, well, technically, you really didn't do any actions to fix, you know, your friendships or your relationship with your partner. And you're also like destroying yourself for no reason. And that's something that I've talked to. Like, it's cool because I, I feel so like blessed to be able to have these conversations with my son. Where I tell him, like, you know, he'll put get down on himself. And I'm like, hey, my guy, I know, like, you know, you just did, you made a mistake, blah, blah. blah. It's okay. I understand. However, you know, you, you, you feeling like you're not worthy as, a, as you've been a bad kid, cause that's his thing, right? He's like, I've been a bad kid. I'm like, no, made a mistake. And it happens, you know, and, and trying to help him also to realize that it's like, okay, you sitting here and thinking you're a bad kid, what does that do for the, for, 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 you know, your relationship with your friend? More importantly, mm-hmm. what does that do for yourself? And it was like, well, it doesn't fix the relationship with your friend, right? The only difference is that you literally just put yourself down.
2: Mm-hmm. Literally
0: nothing productive. But further, furthermore, just what I was trying to get at is like, it's hard not to do that when I've never saw anybody apologize, right? I didn't see anybody mm-hmm. with boundaries. I didn't see anybody be vulnerable. I didn't see anybody apologize and, and show, what, show what that looked like. Not only what it sounded like, but more importantly, following it up with actions, right? Mm-hmm. Like doing both of those things. And so with that being said, I, I want to take a second for for a gentleman and for our audience, really, anybody that's listening to give themselves flowers because we're trying to do something that yeah. nobody really modeled for a lot of us. Yeah. And we have to give ourselves grace for that. You know, if we yes. had these these role models and we were deliberately choosing to say, no, screw that, we don't want to do that, then I think it yeah. maybe we would have a different conversation. But you bring up a great point, uh, Cynthia, which is a lot of us didn't see this. Mm -hmm. And we're being so hard on ourselves, feeling like we need to do this overnight, which ideally I wish I could. I do. (laughs) But it's just unrealistic for myself.
2: Mm -hmm. It's about giving yourself grace. That's a big one. It's about nobody teaches. Yeah. Like you're trying to like break patterns and cycles that are been going on for generations. So that's not easy and it's not going to be overnight. And I think like, I go back to the relationship to self, right? That ultimately yeah. that's when you feel your relationship with yourself because you engage in these self-sabotaging patterns because somehow these self-sabotaging patterns have an underlying root belief that you're not enough, that you're not lovable, that you're not worthy, that you're not whatever story and narrative you tell yourself. It's, of course, is going to lead to self-sabotaging patterns. So therefore, the, the relationship that needs to be worked on is your relationship with yourself and the traumas that you've experienced, mm-hmm. right? Because oftentimes we develop these limiting beliefs either through our childhood, through our upbringing, through our family dynamics, through navigating the education system, navigating, internalizing different things and we have to heal that relationship with ourselves. And a lot of it is understanding what is self-compassion, understanding how I give myself self-compassion, how I reframe, how I feel and like work on my relationship with myself. Um, because ultimately that's gonna shift the relationship, how you relate to others. Right, right.
0: So. right. Yeah, we did the, uh, uh, the, the Reiki uh, cleanse two weeks ago with Vidi nice. and Renee and and it was funny because both Sa and I kind of mentioned this but part of it was uh, she get, like she had us say like words of affirmation to ourselves and and I think like both Sa and I were kind of like honestly like I said it but I don't know that I felt it you know like it's such a new thing that to really tell myself like I am enough it's like mm-hmm. ah, still a little weird to embrace those things uh, but you bring up a good point, which is I think starting somewhere. And when we look, mm-hmm. and when we look at the generations past, and we acknowledge that it's like, well, yeah, of course, this is so weird and uncomfortable. This is so new and so fresh,
2: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and you bring up bring up a good point around affirmation. Like logically, right? We we understand them but if our body and our nervous system and we don't embody it and then we have to feel like it's it's also like using that part right it's not sure. only our brain but it's also our body we have to really integrate and we talk about integration but this is lifelong and this is a journey and it's about the process right that giving ourselves grace being compassionate with ourselves and understanding and patient Right, that you're not going to break patterns uh, the next day. It's like Mm. it's a process, you're gonna fall back through some old patterns. That's okay, that's part of the process, it's part of the journey. But that you're genuinely want to be a better person, right? Become a better version of yourself. And I think that that's what's what's important.
0: Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. What's coming (laughs) up for you, son? No, I feel like I'm just
1: taking it in because I think uh, I, I feel that even today during my um, I, I mentioned I had an interview for a job search. Mm-hmm. And like the first thing I fucking thought is like, well, I shit the bet on that one. <laughs> and and I I want to go speak with my my <laughs> uh, my coworker and we're talking and then, you know, I was like, I guess I didn't do that bad. Like as I'm really breaking it down, then like the first thing she mentioned was just like, yeah, like, you know, And I don't think it was, like, something towards me. I think many times, like, just many people are not used to just giving themselves affirmation and going with it. It's like, Mm -hmm. I think most people are harder on themselves when it comes to these things. Like, you know, when, when you put that magnifying glass on yourself, you tend to look at all of the defects. You know, if I look at my fucking face in the mirror, I'm looking at my wrinkles. I'm looking at blemishes. I'm looking at all the bad things. And then, you know, um... Yeah, but thankfully, you know, I have a beautiful wife who's able to, you know, give me those affirmations. But the practice is, how can I see that those things, right? Mm. And I think that that's always very—it's a difficult thing, you know. Once again,
0: you know, going back to practicing. practicing. Yeah, it's a daily practice. Mm -hmm. It's a daily
2: practice.
0: And then I think there's that also that challenge that I've been guilty about, which is it's hard to continue to question it to where admitting that those parts of me are not the healthiest you know that i have to be nicer to myself um and what i say by that is like protecting myself in a way that it's like well but i've been able to make it into these jobs because i'm hard on myself i've been Mm -hmm. able to be successful because i'm hard because i call myself up because not I wouldn't say I treat myself like shit, right? But because I say these negative things, because I because I critique myself so difficulty so difficultly, like this is why I am where I'm at. Right? And mm-hmm. I even think about that and it's like, well, I mean, out of protection to myself, of course I'm going to say that. Instead of being honest, which took me a long time to have to do, Cynthia, to finally mm-hmm. realize like, nah, bruh. Like, the toll that it takes for you doing that is so much worse than you to look in the mirror and be like, Carlos, you fucking got this. You didn't land here just because it happened. You've made this work, dude. You can do this. You can totally make Mm -hmm. this happen. And I find myself having moments like that. And sometimes I even laugh because I'm like, where does this this come from? And it feels so uncomfortable and weird. But I think, again, it's the practice. It's the practice. And being... What I loved about everything that you've been talking about, Cynthia, and I appreciate you so much for taking the time to talk to us and share all this information and wisdom with us is that it really all comes down to self, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's so many things that are out of our control, right? We don't know that being vulnerable, people are going to stay. We don't know that people are going to listen. We don't know that channeling our masculine energy and our feminine energy is going to make the people around us appreciate us and love us. We don't. However, it'll bring us closer to a healthier, much more loving version of ourselves.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't have said it any better, but I think you're right on that, on that point. It comes back to our relationship with ourselves. Um, because it isn't that where we're all here on this journey to figure yeah. it all out, right? Um,
0: yeah, for sure. Sure. I'm just taking it all in here for a
2: second, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I
0: really I'll appreciate be- you coming on. Yeah, we really, really of course sharing all this with us. Like I said, sharing a little bit of, of, of your story, you being vulnerable with us. Um, I mean making me feel safe enough you know, to feel like I could be vulnerable with you and talking about these things. Um because I I don't feel like I get to have those conversations often enough about bridging the gap right mm-hmm. I, I i think uh it, it always kind of not that it goes south or anything but it just seems like more times than not even as we are trying to break cycles we kind of tend to stay in our corners
2: Definitely.
0: as we're doing it you know and so really to come to the table and to be like hey this is no attack to you. And I don't feel attacked at all. And however, we're everyone's just being honest with each other, where we all stand on machismo, where we all stand on on gender roles, and Mm
2: -hmm.
0: how we can help each other out, right, which I think is the focal point is how we can help each other out um, Mm -hmm. to support one another, and to find healthier ways of of living our lives and and showing up for our villages. So that's, it's dope. Really, really appreciate you taking the time to join us to the people that were in the chat. Tasawt, as always, dude, for being here.
2: Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you two having me here. Uh, I I really um, admire you two and all the men right uh, in in your village and and all the men in general that are really doing this work, right? Uh, this inner work and embarking in their own journey and understanding themselves and healing in shifting narratives and and and, uh wanting to be better human beings i i i do admire people doing this work and providing these spaces for 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 men to to embark in their own journey however that looks like so i i appreciate you you too and and thank you so much for having me here do
1: do you have any uh
0: socials like where people can follow you Thank you for the flowers by the way
2: yeah yeah of course so uh you can follow me on instagram at cynthia flores lmft and i do have a website it's cynthiagflores.com and yeah if you ever want to reach out um any referrals or therapy um i also do provide coaching and i do provide other services as well nice. um so
0: yeah check that out oh yeah awesome love that love that thank you again uh reach out reach out if you guys need anything to our gentlemen that are out there we have the book club we're there we're hanging out we're trying to make things happen so take care of yourselves keep doing the work keep doing your best um as i continue to do mine and i'm very grateful for the boys in the book club for all the people that reach out in the dms um everyone that shows love that shows support um encourages me to keep keep doing what i do for myself um and i know that there are more of us out there In the shadows that that are also doing the work and so i want to give them all flowers Um, unless you guys have anything else i'm i'm good i'm good as well and stay on cynthia so we could chat after awesome well you guys take care everyone have a good week and uh we will talk to you guys soon
2: so